This is KGMI Connects with Joe Tian, a live local show about our community and you on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Well, good to have you with us here on this rainy Tuesday afternoon. Cool and wet out there now. It's going to get cold, clear and cold later this week. Wow. Expect freezing temperatures overnight as we get into the weekend. And highs during the day, just around 50 degrees, maybe just up into the upper 40s for a couple of days. So, yep, definitely getting to be that time of year. Glad to have you with us here on KGMI Connects, where we take your calls, your ideas, your opinions, what have you. And let you voice them. And we got some callers already on the line, and we'll get to them in just a moment. But before we get rolling there, I got an email from uh, a listener a few days ago. Was concerned about uh, flyers or posters that she was seeing in parts of Bellingham, saying something to the effect of, "Are you a Marxist or are you a communist? Marxists unite!" And I had a picture of Karl Marx and the whole bit, and the hammer and sickle and all the whole thing. And I looked at those posters and. Got the organization on there, and I thought, well, let's hear from these guys, or these folks. I said, guys and gals, I take it, uh, and see what they're all about. And um, so I had a chance to talk to a representative from uh, the Socialist Revolution. And uh, so we get started with a, a, a short interview I did with uh, with. Jesse Warland. Well, a group called Socialist Revolution is uh, holding what they call a Marxist school here in Bellingham coming up and uh, joining us with more information about this and about their organization, what their goals are is Jesse Warland. And Jesse, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. And I, I have to say, your your email address is Marxist Jesse. I take it you're a, a devoted Marxist? Yeah, I am a Marxist. Um Okay. Now, well, tell us, and because I, I, what turned me on, to, I guess, to your school and uh, what you're doing is you've been putting up some posters around Bellingham, right, for, in, about this Marxist school? Uh, yeah, we, we have uh, we've been putting up posters pretty frequently, and, and yeah, we're trying to get as many people interested in uh, attending the school and, and you know, understanding the the issues that are that are happening and, and developing a marxist understanding of, of what's happening in the world today yeah okay so tell us about your uh, i guess your take on marxism and what um you know what you intend to 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 i guess teach with the marxist school yeah well you know we are we're a political organization uh, there's been polls released you know to the American public and you know this 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 rings true you know all over the world that that people are looking at capitalism and seeing the crises that it's uh, continually going through we haven't fully recovered from the 2008 financial crisis um every single president we've had talks about how they're going to fix all of our problems but things have gotten worse we're still at war um most like young people haven't seen a year where we haven't been at a war, you know, so so we see this crisis right now. Inflation is, you know, skyrocketing and people are looking for, you know, why is this happening? What's going to happen? Uh, how am I going to get out of this situation? And, and you know, we're, we're saying, well, there is someone uh, there's a philosophy and a political perspective that that, you know, kind of explains, you know, why this crisis is happening. And what's the possible kind of outcome for that? And, you know, what we want to do is, is you know, teach people this philosophical and, and you know, uh, political perspective so that they can essentially, you know, organize on that basis. You know, you can't really, I mean, I, I would argue, you know, if, if you want to have a good, clear political understanding, you actually have to study and understand history and understand uh you know, even philosophy. And, and that's what we're trying to do with this school is, is, you know, put forward this perspective to anyone interested so that, you know, they have a guide to action. We're also trying to, you know, organize, you know, and, and, and build a political party to uh, help change society and, and bring, you know, uh, workers' rights, workers' liberty uh, to everyone and, and, you know, have a society that produces on the basis of need rather than uh, the anarchy of the market. Yeah. Sorry if that was a long 
That's, yeah. that's all right. So I take it you think that Marxism or feel that Marxism has, uh, has an answer to the problems that we're seeing today. Yes, I do. And, uh, you know, Marxism, or I guess I should say communism, uh, as it was practiced by many nations in, in the last century, seems to have been, uh, obviously, I, I would say discredited to one degree or another. And what's your, what's your answer to, to those who might say that uh, you know, it had its time, it had its shot, it, it failed? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, we, we don't try to apologize for the crimes of, of Stalinism and the problems that arose out of, you know, the Soviet Union. Um, I would say that uh, the revolution did take the Soviet Union from a backwards country that, that had, you know, anti-Jewish pogroms, you know, horrendous uh, conditions on the ground in a Tsarist autocracy to uh, the second largest superpower on Earth. But, you know, I, I would also say, you know, that, yeah, we don't apologize for the, the you know, horrendous mismanagement of the Soviet economy and, and you know, the, the bureaucracy that developed. But we would say that that wasn't communism. Communism is a classless, stateless society. They never reached that. They did lie to their people and say that, that you know, it, it, it was. But we would say, you know, it was pro- still progressive compared to uh, the SAR and uh, the horrible conditions that existed under there with the millions dying in, in World War I and the economic crisis that economic and social crises that, that, that they faced there. Um, but, you know, I would say that, you know, we believe that, yeah, workers should have control of their own workplace. Uh, workers and, and, you know, the whole of society, should, we should be producing on the basis of need and really understand that, you know, uh, we want to create a society where there is no state that utilizes violence to keep people in line, that there is no um, market that, that, you know, extracts labor from people, that people are coerced into working, you know, and using automation and, and you know, uh, development of production to actually serve the uh, needs of people. But, you know, I think, I think these are all different things that warrant a larger discussion um, and, you know, a, a real, like, understanding of the, the historical uh, process because you know yeah we we can talk about you know the the inflated like oh so many people you know um suffered under communism but i would say you know we have 10 million people uh starving yearly uh all over the world right now you know ten, uh, the rates of starvation in the united states are up the richest country in the world so you know i think people are looking for an alternative and the answers given by the two major parties and, and you know capitalist philosophers and thinkers are, are you know, inadequate. Um, but yeah, well, sorry, again, that, long. <laughs> that's all right. That, um, do you feel that there's a way to, uh, to prevent, um, uh, say, well, to prevent the, the, the excesses of, of what we saw in communist nations in the Soviet bloc and, and uh, other communist experiments of the last century, those, the, the violence that was used at, uh, and oppression that were used against those populations under under a communist system. Do you get what I'm saying? That to, yes, to separate no, I, the two. Yeah, I, I absolutely get. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I would say you know a, a revolution, and, and what happened in 1917 was a revolution. But the the you know this this was a mass movement. This was the mass of society entering. But a yeah a bureaucratic clique developed and, and monopolized power in that country. You know, but initially that regime was, you know, there were there were several kind of things. There was a direct right of recall. Uh, power was um, elected in the Soviets, which were local councils. And it was one of the most democratic regimes on Earth. But throughout the Civil War and the backwards condition that ex- conditions that existed in Russia, it was isolated. You know, it, it developed into that that regime. And, you know, I would say, you know, that was a mostly, you know, peasant-led country. The, the workers were a minority. I would say nowadays, you know, the, con- the material conditions are much different. Workers do have the majority in society. And, you know, if we have a revolutionary movement, you know, the structures of democracy that would develop in the workplace, you know, uh, I believe, you know, would, would be much stronger. But, you know, I would say, you know, we call for a, you know, peaceful um, change in society. We call for, you know, uh, democratic control, workers' councils where, you know, workers themselves are 
you know, their liberties are expanded. We defend free speech. We defend, uh, you know, the, the entirety of rights under society. We just want that to extend into the workplace. Um, you know, but, but yeah, I think, I think to, to put it short, you know, in a, in a short way, you know, Russia was isolated. It was a backwards country similar to China and, and even Cuba, you know, and, and those, you know, there, there were some progressive elements that, that came out of those, you know, how we would prevent um, the degeneration of those regimes, you know, it, you know, we would say, you know, is, is, you know, that's, that's up to the workers themselves to defend and uphold democracy. And I think it would be a different situation um, as well in a different country. It, it also necessitates this to happen all over the world. And, and fundamentally, you know, these revolutions don't happen in a vacuum. Uh, you know, the the protests and, and revolutions that have happened, you know, internationally, you know, yeah, they don't just happen in one country, you know, because we're not isolated by national boundaries. Okay. Anyways, I'm sorry. That, that, that's, too, that's a little too long. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, don't, yeah. don't apologize. That's fine. I don't mind hearing what you have to say. And the Marxist School is two days coming up in November the 18th and 19th here in Bellingham. Tell us about that and how people can take part if they're interested. Yeah, um, well, I, I, I encourage uh, people to go to the website and sign up and register. Um, we've got uh, rates for, you know, workers, and, and we've got reduced for students and, and people who are unemployed. And, you know, anyone who is just interested in th- these ideas and, you know, wants to wants to engage in good faith, I, I would say that's, that's a, you know, a, a something that we would, we would encourage. But, you know, uh, yeah, you can, you can go on the website, sign up, um, you know, we're, we're not just doing a school. You know, this school is has many sessions covering from historical revolutionary situations to, you know, crises unfolding to, you know, Marxist philosophy, um, you know, and what people can do now to to help, you know, uh, change the world for the better. Um, but yeah, those are those are some of the things we, we have going on. Um, and, you know, I, I recommend yeah going to socialistrevolution.org and you can follow the page to our Bellingham Marxist School. And yeah, uh, it's going to be on Western's campus and it's going to be an Academic West Room 210. And uh, yeah, if you, if anyone's interested, yeah, I, I recommend coming on down and, and, and signing up and yeah. All right. All right. Jesse Moreland with uh, Socialist Revolution. Uh, I appreciate you taking time to talk with me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joe. I, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. I thought, thought we were done with the old commies, huh? Well, <laughs> They're, st- they're still among us. Uh, we'll take a quick break. we got folks on the line, and we hope to hear from you here on KGMI Connects in just a moment. 360-676-5464. Paid political announcement. This is Sheriff Bill Elfo. For the past 25 years, I've worked to keep our community safe. To do my job, I've needed help from leaders like Whatcom County Council Member Kathy Kirshner. I've worked closely with Kathy during her eight years on the council. Her leadership and dedication to public safety as the number one purpose of local government is unparalleled. Kathy is a strong, steadied, principled leader with a deep understanding of the complex issues we face. Her work resulted in more deputies in the community, which means deputies reach people who need help faster. Councilmember Kirshner has my complete support. If community safety is important to you, vote. Kathy Kirshner for County Council District 4 by November 7th. Hi, I'm Kathy Kirshner. Thank you for your decades of service to our community, Sheriff Elfo. It's been an honor to work with you keeping Whatcom County safe. Paid for by Vote Kathy Kirshner. My daughter, she's six years old now. Well, soon to be. She's, she's, she's a go-getter, man. She has a, she's a boss lady. I have her operating some of her little businesses, candy business, and she loves it. Daddy, Daddy, um, let's go to work. Let's go see if we need to fill up the machines with candy and let's collect my money because I want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> Beautiful. I love the little girl. I like her heart. She'll come in and she'll offer lunch to the employees and then she'll come to me and be like, hey, Dad, need your credit card. <laughs> you know what? It's something that I would do myself, so I have no problem. Here's the credit card, honey go by the the sales guy some lunch and that's what she does she comes in here and she pretends she owns the place and matter of fact she does but it's fun it's fun to see her develop her leadership at an early age xavier cortez is the owner of bellingham nissan part of the cortez auto group 
We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. Thanks for joining us here on this rainy Tuesday afternoon. Let's go to Rod in Bellingham. Hi, Rod. Hey, hey, what's happening, man? Uh, Hanging out. (laughs) You know, if I may, uh, I listened to that interview, Uh and it was precise, very wordy. I can be wordy as well. I won't, I'm not going to yeah. call, call, you know. Guilty as charged, count. okay. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I often try to remind myself of uh, Chief Joseph's words of it takes few words to speak the truth as well. Um, that's summarizing it. Um, there are 12 words that were really missing um, from that interview, and, main, and really six, and it's from each according to their ability, and to each according to their need. Now, he mentioned need, and there's a 13th word, and that is coercion. How do you get to Marx's new man, as it was kind of summarized? And I'm just like, it just kind of blows my mind a little bit in listening to that. And and he could have said that. He knows. And then the, the the statement of he makes no apologies for Stalin's you know regime, if you will, and that's kind of a funny way of say, saying it as well, because you know some people say, well, we admit there was some problems, but we're not going to apologize for it, or they can say, well, we really didn't agree with that, but that's what happened, and I was just like, oh man, and and, and I hope the people that do go to this. They, they challenge that and figure out, how are we going to get to Marx's new man when we can do this kumbaya without you know, upsetting the, the, the world of capitalism? And I'm not, you know, it, it, capitalism has its faults as well. We're human beings. We have our faults, which kind well, of know, leads me. You know, it's kind uh, of, uh, you know, and it's uh, something that I think we have to acknowledge is that, you know, really all the countries that, became, you know, fell under communist rule, or however you want to put it, uh, came under communist rule uh, in the last century. They were all, none of them were really industrialized economies. They were, by and large, agrarian economies and uh, economies that, and and countries really that knew only authoritarian governments, primarily, uh, you know, monarchy Type governments, whether you're yeah. talking about China, talking about Russia, uh, Russia, and the, the, they overthrew the Tsar, and then so then a, a new author, authoritarian government stepped exactly. in, and and you know I mean in Cuba and, and all you know the countries that really fell under the uh, the whatever you want to call it uh, in a positive or negative way, the influence of communism. I mean these weren't these weren't highly industrialized countries and. Uh, countries with um, with uh, and and they then they these were countries too that the the, the communist uh, rulers will have if you have that it, you know went th- took um, you know pretty violent means and and heavy handed means to transform those economies from that agrarian state and in non industrialized state into an industrialized economy and. It was a huge shock, and obviously uh, a very, in, in many cases, a, a very violent uh, process. So, yeah. Well, I, you uh, know, it, it, how it, it would function now, re- I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they, and they were replaced by an, an, another brutality, and they, and some might argue, replaced with a brutality that exists today. Even if you, I mean, even when you mention China, for instance, well, it's like, yeah, well, but, there's but there chi- is yeah, flat out slavery there. Well, China has adopted a capitalist-style system economically, but it's maintained the one-party control over the the political system and 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 one-party control really over society. So it, it tyranny it, is tyranny. Yeah, Joe. Uh, and yeah, and it it hasn't. <laughs> um, I mean, it's improved people's lives to a degree, I guess you could say, but Who's? but not everyone. Not the Uyghurs. Uh, well, right, but I mean, every, yeah, but that's that's beside the, the point. If, right if now in America, right, but if we're just talking, we're, you know, we're talking about economics and and class, you know, classless classless society. I mean, we're you know, that's 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 a whole separate thing. That's a it's very that's complicated, a, as you an and I have pointed out before. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, but the the 
one thing that I, I want, I'll quickly make, the, the main reason why I called, uh-huh. um, was that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking through Joe Biden's record foreign policy-wise, and, you know, you hear the, the statement of Joe Biden's been on the wrong side of foreign policy every time, and then if you look at it that way, then you go, okay, well, war is a foreign policy. I think I could be safe, I could safely say that. And um, so, and if, and if he's in charge, I mean, what are we in for? But at the same time, I can't delineate, I can't break down every little element of Joe Biden's foreign policy. At the best, it seems like he's done what a lot of politicians have done, and that's kind of go flip-flop back and forth to whatever suits their position of power at the time, and they try to, when they want to remain popular. So, I mean, in that respect, he he may not be really really different than any other, you know, wishy-washy politician that's been out there. But I was going to throw the challenge out to somebody who might, really be an expert in that in that um, facet of Joe Biden's um, um, tenure and maybe kind of um, expand upon that and elucidate upon that um, for us, the listening audience, to kind of hear this and make a decision. So I wanted to throw that challenge out. All right. All right, Rod. So thank Pre- you very much, Joe. Thanks for the call. Always. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Yeah. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's say, let's, let's go to John in Ferndale. I haven't heard from John for a couple of days. Hey, John. Hey, Joe. Uh, yeah, I'll take up that challenge. Uh, Joe <laughs> Biden has not flip-flopped. He was recommending to Barack Obama that we needed to get out of Afghanistan. It was a losing proposition where we were never going to win unless we vaporized every single one of them. And what do we end up doing? Leaving. And, you know, they're back under, under the uh, you know, Taliban control like they always kind of were. And 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 we were put in that position because of the way that Trump negotiated the end of the Afghanistan war. But besides that, President Biden has repaired uh, our relationships that were damaged by the former president, who I'll get to. Okay. He also just made a trip to, to, to Israel where he he is actively slowing down and trying to help the Israelis control themselves, like he said, so they don't commit the kind of sin that we did of overreacting, right, uh-huh. to, to, to try to keep Israel on their side. So he's doing a lot. You'll never hear about it on Fox News or, or any of the right-wing you know, um, uh, outlets that do nothing but propaganda. Uh, but the thing is, and as far as communism, it, interesting, these dead philosophies. It's funny. So the, the guy's pushing Marxism, but he's part of the Socialist Club, but the real agenda is communism. You know, uh, where uh, well, at least he showed us the shining example country, right? The, the one that everyone looks to when they think, ah, communism. Oh, no, wait, there is none. It all ends in murder. So, you know, uh, uh, this this guy is on Putin's payroll, or he ought to be. So anyway, okay. our All former right. president, his lawyers. So uh, there's a wait until you get, got to him. Okay, okay, go ahead, John. Well, the thing is, I fight tyranny in all its forms, and when okay. a man says he's he's claiming Joe absolute immunity, right? His power to do anything uh, for for January sixth for trying to steal the election using violence and threats of violence, which is terrorism. That's what it is. But anyway, his lawyers are flipping it. So I, you know, uh, I, I defended Joe, uh, Joe's uh, foreign policy. I'd like to know what the audience thinks of Sidney Powell. Remember, release the Kraken? Baby, this is the Kraken. The court's finally coming for Trump and his minions. It's like the coyote running off the cliff. Gravity eventually takes over and you fall. Down comes Sidney Powell. Uh, today, it, it was uh, uh, Jenna Ellis, right? The one, Chesbro, who just, you know, the thing is, these lawyers who gave him this advice, and now he says, oh, I don't even know them. You know how dumb that is? His legal uh, 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 response is, I relied on the counsel of my attorneys to tell me this. See, they're, they're experts, and they looked at the Constitution. But anyway, things are moving full forward in, in Colorado. With the 14th Amendment, Article 3, that says that no one who is, a, who is an insurrectionist can ever hold office again. And I'll leave you with this. Okay. Conservative Judge Budding, who, who, who is the, the guy that uh, Mike Pence also spoke to, right? Uh, okay. 
along with Dan Quayle. He's, he and, and all these conservatives and all these legal minds are bringing up the executive vesting clause in the Constitution. Okay. That is, is when they were deciding back then, no, it's only one term and then you're out unless you win re-election because they knew that eventually there was the potential of some president, a first-term president, not wanting to leave office. And Trump is claiming absolute immunity for the things that he did on January 6th, the crimes he committed okay. against this country. It ain't going to fly. Bye-bye, Trump. All right, we'll see how all that plays out. We'll take more calls coming up in just a moment. We got uh, Jim. We got, uh, maybe I'll see what Jim thought about the uh, the communist dude. And now we'll hear from Rich and Ferndale and uh, you too. We want to hear from you. 360-676-5464. Uh, we did get a call from a listener who said uh, Axton could be still closed uh, between Meridian and Northwest due to a crash, apparently. Uh, all lanes on Axton. Uh, there between the the guide and Ferndale, that's between uh, where the guide and Northwest uh, closed off uh, because of apparently because of a crash. So um, maybe find another alternate route there, and we'll be back in just a moment here on KGMI Connects three six zero six seven six five four six four. Hi, this is Marcia Neal. You probably know me from Vibrant USA. We are excited to announce we are now Guided Solutions. That's right, we have a new name. We are continuing to offer our same great services and look forward to hearing from you. Are you approaching retirement and need help navigating Medicare? Are you on Medicare and want updates on potential changes for 2024? Our agents are here to help, so give us a call at 866-733-5111. KGMI invites you on an adventure to explore the Americana that is Boston and Cape Cod with me, Deanna Haraluk, on KGMI's Cape Cod and the Islands Tour, June 1st through the 7th with Bel Air Tours and Adventures. Discover the history of Boston, explore Cape Cod and Nantucket Island, enjoy a traditional New England lobster dinner, and more. Be a part of the experience. Find out more. Two info meetings this week. Join Bel Air Tours and Adventures and KGMI at 6.30 Wednesday at the Barkley Jalapenos in Bellingham or 630 Thursday at Rustler's Front Street Grill in Linden. This is Steve Jostens from Hinton Chevrolet in Linden. Interest rates are high, but not on everything. Rates as low as 2.1% on select new Chevrolet SUVs, and even as low as 0% on all new 2023 Silverado 1500 trucks for well-qualified buyers. Come see us today for your October treat. Hinton Chevrolet, doing business with a tradition of trust since 1947. Located on the guide in Linden, across from McDonald's, or online at HintonMotors.com. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. And right back to the phones we go. Rich in Ferndale joins us. Hi, Rich. How's it going today, Joe? Doing all right. Doing all right. Interesting interview you had with that fellow. He apparently thinks communism and socialism are great, and they've not worked because the right people haven't tried it yet. That's always the excuse. Oh, well, it was just not yeah. done right. we gotta, Kinda. we, we yeah. got to try it a different way. I think you're right there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's been going on forever. And he talked about need, working uh, for need, not for want. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just funny because the capitalist system is the best system to fulfill all people's needs, even if they don't work. Because of the excess of capitalism, filthy rich billionaires spend their money and create jobs for people who build yachts. They create jobs for crazy architects that build houses that are 10 times what they need to be. So what he says is being done through the capitalist system and workers' rights and workers having a say. Has he not heard of labor unions? I'm like, come on. Right now the UAW is taking down the big three automakers. So, you know, that's workers taking control. So interesting that you found him. But uh, now our friend John, his point about the Sidney Powell flipping on Trump, when you take the weight of the government and put it on any one person, you can get them to say anything. 
Now, Trump has enough money where he's not too worried about the government coming down on him, but 99.9% of everybody else, if they came to your life, Joe, and said, say this, or we're taking your family away, we're bankrupting you, we're going to lose your job, you'll say it. And that's generally, it's very extorting-like tactics that the government uses to flip people. It is a very strange part of our criminal justice system, how they twist people. Yeah, but I mean, if, if she could prove that they didn't have a case against her, then they wouldn't have any any leverage over her you know what well, i'm saying Joe, everyone I has mean, leverage though see you and you could right, be leveraged too because but, you've probably committed a small crime in your life and they will find it oh sure and you know and that's so that is what the that's generally speaking and i don't want to malign all prosecutors but generally but you know they'll throw the, the you know the book at someone oh, and yeah. and to we get in hopes of person to flip. well yeah. or or to get you know to get get as you know uh, throw as much against them to, to get what will stick to stick you know i mean sure right. all you know all these charges many will be thrown out and many you know whatever uh we'll we'll drop some but uh but we you know we want to we want to throw as many charges that uh, against the person as possible it's like the the pilot that uh tried to turn off the engines on the airplane 83 counts of attempted murder you've got to think he'll eventually yeah. plead that down and you know and all that but well, um, apparently drugs were involved well yeah i took it took mushrooms That's a couple it. days before that i that seems kind of uh, like a stretch but well, yeah, obviously i was having some it's kind of a yeah having some kind of a psychotic episode you see it sure seems but uh one question i'll leave you with that okay. i was pondering as you were doing that interview with that fellow okay which political party do you think those people recommend to vote for? You know, don't have I, to answer it. Just think about it. Probably, I, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I think I know I what your implication yeah. is. Yeah, nope. right. But I, nope. who knows? Maybe it happens maybe, to be. I don't know. Maybe they were Trump voters last time around. You never who know. Knows. All right, Rich. Thanks for your call. Have a good day. You too. Let's see. Let's go real quick. Let's go to Jim in Bellingham. Hi, Jim. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good, good. Did you hear our uh, communist? Yes. Did he present the you know the argument very well, or what? What's your take? Well, I think he did okay. Okay. Uh, I just uh, had a thought uh, about that, and uh, socialism. The reason um, socialism doesn't work, or or I or that it's opposed by you know capitalists and all that. They they try to run it down and, and degrade it and get rid of it, not because it uh, doesn't work, but because it does work and it interferes in their dominance of the economic system. Um, there's probably many cases, some uh, like the public utility. Uh, well, if you read, uh, listen to a Michael pretty Michael Pretty video. There's several on there. I can't think of which one offhand, but uh, I think it was the myth of capitalism down in. Um, Evergreen State College, 2012. He pointed out that, uh, like socialism, or no, uh, Social Security, and he said, uh, "What do you think the uh, uh, overhead is for the bureaucracy in our government for funding or keeping Social Security going?" Okay. And so and he said, "Well, it'd be 50 percent, wouldn't it?" And I go, "Well, actually, it's one percent. In the private sector, it's 13 percent of, of bureaucratic waste, uh, rather." You're kind of breaking up, Jim. I'm having, I'm sort of having trouble understanding you, but I mean. Okay, is this better? A little bit. Okay, well, I'll try to hold it right to my mouth here. That's a little bit better there. Okay. Uh, Well, anyway, I'd like to just finish up with um, yesterday, a couple of your callers uh, got mad at me, and they accused me of being an anti-Semite. Okay. And, And I think that, you know, you've heard me, Noam Chomsky, he's big Jewish man. He's one of the great people we have. He's trying to talk about the issues in a sense that people can understand it and make better. Uh, Norman Finkelstein, another great man. Uh, There's all sorts of them. Paul Newman, that was an actor, but there's all sorts of wonderful Jewish people that I praise. It's just that they're kind of excluded out of the mainstream because, like I say, their efforts would probably work if, if people followed them and enough people got involved uh, and that's what scares capitalists, because capitalists don't want to be even. And there's a there's an old saying that um, uh, the, that capitalists, uh, rich people, dread socialism the same way workers dread fascism. And uh, so we're kind of bouncing between the two poles. 
we're more close to the fascism, but I think there's hope for us if we keep going and try to learn and understand. And uh, I, there may have been some other point that uh, about Christians uh, that I didn't like Christians because they're that John Hagee is marrying up to um, Mark Levin on uh, Fox News. They're trying to get some kind of organization where uh, the Hagee people, he's a pre preacher, he probably makes many bucks, and he's very hard on people that don't work for a living, you know, if they've got injuries, oh, you've got to work at the God, the Bible says it, the bread shall be wrung from your sleeves or whatnot. And okay. and so there's a problem there because uh, some of these far out Christians are actually trying to get the world to come to an end, essentially. That Armageddon, a, a little town north of Tel Aviv will be the final battle, you know, and the Christians will all go up and, and then they will uh, only allow uh, right. Jews to go into heaven if they've if they've converted. It's it's actually pretty mad, but some of them believe it, and so I don't know how that's going to work. But uh, I also know that the Pope, uh, he in World War II, the Pope actually favored the Axis powers, Nazi Germany, uh, Italy, right. mostly. Okay. I un I understand so what you're saying, and there you know there's and you know uh, evidence of that. Yeah, of of. Christian. My mom. Uh, my well, mom is a Catholic. My right, mom is but, a very but I don't devout. think I don't think I think it's unfair to say most, you know, all or most Christians are pining for the for the no. the rapture and for every, you know, everybody who's not one of them to to burn in hell and all that. I think right, right. there I are there are right. some who who say that you know the end times are here and we you know are welcome it, but I think they're probably in uh, the vast minority uh of uh of uh, people uh, uh, believing of that ilk, and uh, so what have you. I, I don't know that we need to rehash all that. I think it's kind of sort of, sort of okay. But, uh, but I, I do, uh, I would say, too, at the same time, someone who is, in my mind, criticizing the Israeli government for what it does and how it acts and, uh, and voices any support for the Palestinian people, that doesn't make that person an anti-Semite. I don't believe that's anti-Semitism to criticize a government regardless of uh, what uh, what the, the overall religious makeup of that government is. I think, um, I guess you could argue that, uh, okay, the Israeli government is the protector of the Jewish population of Israel, but um, that doesn't mean that it's infallible and it should never be criticized. But that's my thought. Well, oh, quick, before we take a break, let's go to Lou and Linden. What's on your mind today, Lou? Yeah, good idea, Joe. Bring on that Marxist. You should bring other Marxists on because sunshine and sunlight is the best disinfectant. Okay. We, we have to hear these people because... I have Cambodian friends who will tell you stories of what it was like in Cambodia in the 1970s that will curl your hair, Joe. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any hair left, but it would curl down. Not the on stories, the top, but I do, yeah, yeah. It'll, okay. Uh, the, the, the stories I've heard from Cambodians, Vietnamese, who endured the communism there just in the 70s, which isn't so long ago. Uh, would would wake up a lot of people. So you should make an effort to get Cambodians and other people from Southeast Asia who endured the death camps, the labor camps, and watched their parents and children die of starvation, malaria. I know a friend of a woman who was in the labor camps when she was 14 years old to 18 years old. She said her best friend, who was Vietnamese, Vietnamese were were. Uh, many Vietnamese lived in Cambodia at that time. When the Vietnamese army invaded Cambodia in 1979, her friend, who was only like 16, 17 years old, and her entire family were taken out behind a hill and beaten to death with shovels and hoes. They didn't want to waste bullets on them because now Vietnam and Cambodia were in a war. Mm -hmm. Two so-called okay. communist countries were now fine. So the, the, the nightmare okay. from the Marxists never ends, Joe. Right, read, the, read the people who endured it. Uh, read the stories. Solzhenitsyn, of the, I'm reading a book right now called, um, oh, what's it called? Anyway, it's okay. written by a Rumanian. 
Okay. And he endured, he endured it. So we have to need we need more light and sunshine on these Marxists. All right, thanks, Lou. And uh, yeah, read Soldier Needs, and I, I I read him uh, many years ago. But we'll take a quick break. Be back with more. We'll hear from Rob, Robert, Michelle, and uh, we'll try to squeeze your call into three six zero six seven six five four six four. Hi, it's Katie with Neurostem TMS. As the days get shorter and the weather gets cooler, we get to spend more time indoors with our loved ones. But when you're struggling with anxiety and depression, this can be so hard to enjoy. Great news. For the past five years, Neurostem TMS has helped people overcome depression and anxiety without medication using TMS therapy. Now with 10 clinics throughout Washington State, including Bellingham, listen to what some of our patients have to say. Couldn't be happier with how things turned out. My depression is in complete remission. TMS has redefined what happiness is to me, and I'm overwhelmed with joy and appreciation for Neurostem TMS. The staff is amazing and thoughtful. I would highly recommend going to them. Neurostem TMS treatments are FDA approved and covered by insurance. TMS works. If meds and talk therapy have become an endless cycle, don't give up. Check out our website at NeurostemTMS.com. That's NeurostemTMS.com. Hi, this is Marcia Neal. You probably know me from Vibrant USA. We are excited to announce we are now Guided Solutions. That's right, we have a new name. We are continuing to offer our same great services and look forward to hearing from you. Are you approaching retirement and need help navigating Medicare? Are you on Medicare and want updates on potential changes for 2024? Our agents are here to help, so give us a call at 866-733-5111. Hey, Whatcom County, listen up. Volunteerism is rapidly declining at food banks across the state of Washington, and that's a problem for families who depend on these community resources. That's why we're asking you to get back to action by signing up to spend an hour of your time at a local food bank today. Enough with the talk and the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. It's time to get up and prove it. Hunger relief needs all of us. Volunteer locally. Visit backtoaction.team to sign up at a local food bank near you. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. Thanks for joining us here on this Tuesday. And Rob in Bellingham joins us. Hi, Rob. Hey, Joe. Uh, yeah, it was interesting to hear your guy at the beginning. He, he tended to use the habitual, you know, all the time. You know, you know, you know. Well, you know, I don't know. But what I do know is that um, I don't think there's been a Marxist revolution that hasn't basically uh, strung a bunch of people up or haven't shot. Certainly Castro did that. You know, the, the hero of the Marxist, Che Guevara, who was a doctor, I believe, or a lawyer, you know, he was the favorite T-shirt uh, on the campuses years ago. He was the executioner for Fidel Castro. You'll never hear that. It's probably never discussed on the campus. But he was responsible for basically lining up all kinds of professionals in Cuba and having them shot. Uh, a lot of the refugees from Cuba... You know, they're, I think even uh, Senator Rubio, their their families had businesses. They were the evil capitalists. Maybe they had a little hardware store, a little grocery store. So they were exploiting the man. So they were uh, they just had their businesses all seized. And lo and behold, people like Fidel Castro and Mao Zedong always happened to live in luxury, um, obscenely exploited young women. Uh, that's well known with uh, Mao, Mao's, Mao's doctor who escaped China, wrote a book about uh, called Mao's Doctor, I believe talked about how Mao, uh, well, I won't even discuss it, but he exploited young, young women uh, daily like disposable tissues. So these are horrible people. The man who called, who's having the thing at uh, Western, I congratulate him for booking a room uh, there. And in a democracy, I support their right to have their discussion. I'm sure there'll be no critical questions. And I'm sure the president of the university won't, won't ban it. But I think if you had someone like uh, Charlie Kirk or one of the conservative groups come You'd have one H of a protest on the in so-called Red Square about it. So, you know, our loan, our student loan subsidized uh, children on the campus, and I have I have ten years of university from the old school. So, you know, I've I've been to the campus when we actually learned something. Uh, these kids need to learn something. And, you know, if they really feel a lot of courage about a revolution, I suggest they go volunteer to fight for Ukraine and see what it's like on the front line. They won't because they're afraid. Okay, but uh, let me let me just say this though, Rod, or Rob, rather. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. You know, just in defense, not of what these 
folks are 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 espousing or or promoting or anything, but in defense of what uh, is presented on, on campuses, and I'm not one for I I don't support uh, shouting down speakers, what have you. But the right. Charlie Kirks of the world, the Ann Coulters of the world, their voices yep. are out there all the time. They have all the all the coverage. Somebody like, uh, well, a group like uh, Socialist Revolution, they're the underground. They're they're not heard. And so, to you know, I, I just want to make that point that I think you know it's it's an alternative voice, one that isn't isn't presented on the mainstream media in any way, shape, or form. Well, fair. And, I, think that's fair. I think that's fair enough, but I think okay. students on campus, you know, they're not sitting watching Fox News all the time. This is a chance, whether it's the Charlie Kirk and Ann Coulter, who is not my favorite, or, or the Marxists, um, to have these people all come on the campus one-on-one in a classroom where they can get grilled uh, without being shouted down. And I don't think there is that balance on the campus. There isn't a tolerance for the other side, who are regarded as the true evil ones, um, well, I think overall, I, say, I think I think there's 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 many who tolerate it. There are vocal minorities, I think, on campuses that uh, that are that react that way. But uh, well, they, I think the the vocal minority often intimidates the other students who might do something, who might attend something. But you know, I went to college. I was fortunate enough. It was near the Vietnam days, and I was fortunate enough to go to you know uh, people who were protesting the war and go to some of those things. Some things got a little out of hand. Um, looking back on it, uh, you know, uh, I had a deferment, but uh, looking back on it now, um, I think I would be much more sympathetic with those people protesting the war the way that turned out and the way the other ones have turned out. And just one thing about John, you know, I know he can talk about the weather, but in five seconds, it's about Donald Trump's fault. Yeah. But, you know, as far as Biden and foreign policy, Yes, Trump wanted us to get out of Afghanistan, which was the right thing to do. Never should have got in, and Biden followed up on it. But I'll never forgive Joe Biden for leaving $80 billion of intact equipment at the Bagram Air Base without blowing it up. Right. Rows and rows of tanks and planes. That should have been blown up. I, I, I'll i never understand that. I hope we get the story someday. All right, Rob. Thanks, thanks yeah, for your call. Thanks, All right. Let's go to Michelle in Bellingham. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Joe. Um I just want, before I talk about a little bit about um, space travel and colonization of other worlds, which I heard on the show yesterday, um, I just want to say that uh, one thing Marxism will always do that is dead wrong is it takes away personal responsibility that each person needs to have for their own life. And we cannot, in my opinion, we cannot have a system that gives people anything without people earning it. And I think, um, I also think that Marxism and communism and that kind of, all of those kind of things tends to be, attracts power-hungry people who want to control others, and that's all they care about is control, and that's a bad thing, too. Okay. Anyway, uh, but you're right, they do deserve to talk, and uh, the only real anti-Semites in the context of what we're going through now are those barbaric uh, Hamas and Hezbollah terrorists that don't believe in allowing Jews to even live, much less... uh, live in a land. You know, I mean, they're so barbaric, it's beyond belief. But anyway, I did a little math about colonizing other planets. Um, First of all, I believe there probably will be small colonies within, oh, say, 50 to 100 years on uh, Mars and the moon. That's very practical. It could be done by, you know, a few dozen people maybe or something like that. But in order to colonize, there's really no place in the solar system that we could colonize in any real way. They're just too um, alien to us. Mm -hmm. But let's just say if if you took 1,000 giant spaceships, um, much larger than any that that contain that can take a living space for one thousand passengers each, that would be a million um, people, and that would be one out of every three hundred and thirty-five or so Americans could go on. That's and maybe one out of every twenty-five people in the whole world could go on these. Even if we could create one thousand giant spaceships with room for 1,000 passengers, which is almost an impossible thought, at least for hundreds of years. And if we could get these ships to go 1,000 miles per second, 
it would still take over 750 years to reach the nearest star system, uh, Alpha and Proxima Centauri. And we do know they have planets. We don't know if they're totally Earth-like. But um, we would take over 750 years to reach that system. Even at 1,000 miles per second, our current probably fastest conceivable philosophy, you know, seven miles a second is escape velocity. The current most conceivable possible velocity is around 30 to 50 miles per second in open space. Yeah. So uh-huh. therefore, um, therefore, it is... It is virtually, and I don't believe in things like space warps and teleportation and all that stuff. I just think that's fantasy of the highest regard. But all I'm saying, Joe, is that we do not have the ability and probably won't have for hundreds, if not thousands of years, to colonize worlds outside our solar system. So they're really colonizing outer space is not a practical option for any number exactly. of people. And you think about it, if, if, they had, if they'd made that trip, say say that were possible and they made that trip, once they reached their destination, of course, they would have gone through uh, you know, untold generations of... of right, right. And, and uh, the, well, then when they arrived, the technology they would possess would be 750 years old uh, by human True. terms. And... And and the the new world, depending on how fast they traveled, you know, the the faster you go toward uh, to the to faster to the, in relation to the speed of light you go, uh, the slower time goes for you. That's right. But it continues at the same rate for everyone else. So they would be <laughs> leaps and bounds ahead of you in time and evolution and everything. It's just yeah, it's it's it when you start to really think about it, it's it's a pretty crazy It just concept. can't be done. It's yeah. not an option. Not All right. an option. Well so we gotta take care of this one, this world we got. Thank you. Yes indeed. Thank Thanks, you. Michelle. <laughs> Appreciate it. And uh we oh boy, we're out of time. But Robert, you got thirty seconds and uh, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking that with socialism, I kind of miss, I think that Russia is worse now than it was under Gorbachev, for sure. I think Gorbachev tried to reform it. I believe the problem isn't so much whether it's socialism or capitalism. I think a mix of the two is the best, the compromise, which we have here, because we have a pretty big government, but we also have private enterprise, yeah, Europe right. and all of that. Kind of a it's hybrid. A yeah. All right, Robert. Well, that's all the time we have. And uh, appreciate uh, everyone taking part in an interesting conversation. And uh, we'll continue it tomorrow, four o'clock here on KGMI Connects. Stay dry and stay warm as it gets cold later this week. <laughs> <laughs>